Welcome back to another Nurein episode. I'm Asil and sitting across from me is Sumaya. And to be completely honest, we have no idea how this episode is going to go today, but inshallah, um, it'll work out. So today we are going to be talking about social media um, and, if it, and its effects on us in general, as well as how you can utilize it to be a mindful Muslim, its pros and its drawbacks, and is it even worth it? Um, so I think for some reference as to where this episode is even coming from in the first place, we often hear talks about social media um, coming from, and its drawbacks mainly, and like phones and technology and all these things coming from the, I don't want to say the older generation, but not like, not like the, the, young adult generation of of our times you know you hear from your parents or from your parents parents and all those things like people who didn't primarily grow up with just technology right at their fingertips um and so we we often we often hear their narrative and um they say all these things like oh the phones have messed up the kids like i don't know what else but like um it's time that this conversation is had with the people who grew up with social media who from a young age have always been exposed to it. It's always been a part of our lives. And it's an important conversation to have because I think that it really, really, really changed our society as a whole. Like we see the effects of it now and we don't realize these things from when you're you're younger, right? So when you're like 11, 12, 13, you're peer pressured into getting Snapchat and Instagram and all these things and you don't realize what it could potentially do do to you. And then as you get older, you see it and you honestly like, Like, I have grown to really dislike social media. I'm like, I know it has its benefits, but the drawbacks are just just crazy. Um, So it's just it's this is an important conversation that we really need to have with our own with our own younger generation. Um, So that way, the, the younger part of our younger generation, I don't know if that makes any sense. But like, for my example, my sister, that's 11 years old, when the time comes and she, you know, people start getting social media and Instagram and Snapchat and all these things, we can have this conversation with her. Um, I want to make this note right now because I don't know if people listen all the way through the episodes or not, but if you do, um, this is just an important note that if you are, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, so on and so forth, and you haven't gotten social media yet, you just haven't really succumbed to that, honestly, my personal opinion, obviously I'm not like a scientist that can tell you all of these things about the pros and cons and like the scientific reasons as to why, to why you shouldn't get social media and I'm acknowledging its pros in this episode but I just want to say if you've gotten to that stage and you have not gotten Insta or Snapchat or TikTok I have not gotten TikTok and I am proud of that um but if you if you have just keep it that way like honest to god this is my opinion I don't know if Samaya will agree with me on that or not but there are pros but really, like, I think you'll come to see throughout this episode that it can really hinder your performance as a person and as as a mindful Muslim in general. Um, so, yeah, that's my disclaimer. That is, if you don't have social media yet, really, it's not it's not all that it seems. So just don't even just like, oh, let's just leave it. Um, so that's my disclaimer. Um, okay, so to start this conversation off, Samaya, I'm going to ask you, I've been kind of alluding to this whole concept of social media and its pros and its cons. Um, do you kind of want to go into your general um, sort of opinion on this topic? Yeah, I actually, I want to start off with my social media journey. Um, 
kind of a little bit of background. So I'm the oldest child in my family and I'm also the only girl. I only have brothers. Um, I did not get any form of social media until I was 12 years old. When I was 12, I got Snapchat. And I think when I was 13, I got Instagram. Um, looking back and, and hearing those ages again, it might sound pretty young, but honestly, now we have kids who are on social media at like eight, nine years old. Like I have students that I teach that are eight, nine years old and they have TikTok, they're on Instagram and I'm just like, what in the world? Um, but I started feeling that peer pressure when I was in middle school to sort of get social media. I, I always felt like um, the only one like in my class or whatever who didn't know what was happening, didn't have these ways to like communicate with people other than like phone numbers, which I didn't even have an actual phone service until I was in high school, until I started high school. So like that was another thing. It just felt like I was always like the black sheep, the odd one out. Um, and my parents were very strict with technology. They were very strict with getting me like a personal device. Even when I had a personal device, I had a lot of like restrictions on it. My parents made it very clear to me from the beginning, like we paid for this and we have the right to like take it from you whenever we have the right to um, like if we have a concern to look through it and see what's going on, whatever. And I hated that, obviously. Um, but I I feel like now I do see the benefit of them doing that and of them being that strict. Again, because I was the first child, this was the first time that they were going through any of this stuff. Like, I think something that we have to realize is as a, as a child, you're experiencing things for the first time, but your parents are also experiencing them for the first time with you. Like, they're learning how to deal with this kind of a situation. Um, and so if anyone's the eldest, you guys know we're always the guinea pigs and our siblings always get everything they want after us. But um, now I definitely see the benefits of of them sort of being afraid of letting me on social media or even them having rules when I first joined social media about like what I could do, what I couldn't do. You know, you have to have a private account. You can't follow boys, like, et cetera, whatever. I can't remember all the rules. <laughs> um, but yeah, I now have a 13, almost 14 year old brother who has been like begging my parents for social media for so long. And, um, Honestly, like now he's on social media, but I'm also not the biggest fan, like Asid was saying, of that because because I'm on social media, I, I know the kinds of things that go on on social media. And it's not all bad, but you do have access to crazy things literally in the in the split second. You can look at something in a split second and you can look for something in a split second. You can search for anything you want in a split second. You're going to get it and it's all there. Um, I think that because my parents waited a little bit with me and because they had rules and regulations on what I, again, what I could and couldn't do, alhamdulillah, like, I feel like now I'm not, like, addicted to my social media. I don't, like, rely on my social media. Um, I do like to take pictures a lot and I do like to share some of my pictures, um, of, like, things that I'm doing or things that I baked or whatever. I do like to do that. But it, it honestly just comes from like a sense of, I don't know, it's just something that I enjoy doing sometimes, but it's not something that I like 
base my existence around. And I feel like what I'm seeing a lot of these days with these young children, their minds are becoming infiltrated with, first of all, why are they sitting on social media for hours and hours on end? It's affecting everything in their lives. They're not they're not learning how to manage their time. They're not learning how to be students in school. They're not learning how to communicate with other people like face to face. They don't know how to do anything because they are sitting on their phones all day long. It's infiltrating their minds to the point where they are basing their worth on like, how many likes am I getting? How many views am I getting? Who's saying what about my content? Um, I have to be like everybody else. And then also the issue comes in with comparison, right? Social media, especially, and I don't want to say, I don't want to say just for girls, but I think especially for girls when you're constantly seeing all these celebrities who are posting their bodies and posting this and perfecting everything by Photoshop and filters and whatever, it can really get to you. It can really get to you. Um, to the point where so many people have developed depression because of social media. So many people have developed um, severe like body dysmorphia, eating disorders, all of these things because they are looking at someone's fake pictures on Instagram and saying, I need to look like that or else I'm not worthy of X, Y, and Z. So I think my opinion is, I don't think that social media is something that we should completely ban for kids, or I mean, not not kids, I mean like your kids. <laughs> like if you have kids, I don't think it's something that you need to completely ban. And I think it really depends on the kid as well and what they are like and a parent knows that best, obviously. But I think that the longer the wait, the longer you wait to introduce social media into their lives, honestly, the better. Because when they're exposed to it from a very young age, it really becomes a crutch for them. Um, it becomes like, everything to them and that's why we see kids now who like even at the masjid like I had some girl doing TikTok dances in front of me and she just started she literally came started dancing on me to a TikTok song and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> and then she did the same thing to this other guy and I was like what? oh my god so like that that becomes their personality um so I think the longer that you wait to introduce social media, the better. And I think the better that the kid will be able to actually handle it. Because by that point that you've allowed them to have social media, they've already started developing a lot of those skills that are lacking in kids who just get it from the very beginning. Um, I do think that it's important to, um, especially at this age, right, moving the conversation kind of to someone who is like 16, 17, 18, and 19, beyond, whatever, um, it's important to kind of know your limits as well. Um, like Asita said, I don't have TikTok. I never once downloaded TikTok. I, I just honestly felt like, yeah, okay, everyone else does have it, but this is just going to be another thing for me to sit here and waste my time on. And I don't really need that. Um, so I think, again, the, the longer you wait to introduce it, the more like reasonable the child will be when it comes to approaching social media. Like now I know, yeah, I do scroll multiple times a day, you know, if I'm doing something, okay, and then I take a break for five minutes, go on my Instagram, whatever. Um, but it's not something that I'm like, I can't get off of my phone, you know, like I know my responsibilities, I know what I need to get done. And I do all of that because I have priorities. But I also go on my phone every once in a while. But I think that you can't really make that distinction when you're a kid and you've you've had social media for so long and it's like that's the only thing you want to do. Um, so that's kind of my very long answer. Yeah. I hope it made sense. <laughs> no, I get that. So I think 
that was actually a really good idea. I don't want to say social media journey, but like, yeah, kind of like your experiences with it. So I, similar to Sumaya, I knew nothing about anything. I actually remember a very specific conversation I had with my mom and I was like, I was in seventh grade at the time. I was like, I don't know anything about pop culture, about music. I know nothing and I feel like super left out. Like I basically just told her that like straight up. I was like, I just, I really just want to feel like more involved. Like I want, I had like a hard time making friends or whatever. And some people are more introverted. That's fine. Not saying anything, but like really, I really thought that if I got social media, um, I would fit in more. It would like um, fix all your problems. It would problems. fix my problems. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what you think. Um, and so it took a while, but the summer of, I, yeah, I think it was that, that summer, like, after seventh grade, maybe, I ended up downloading Instagram. So, like, when I was, like, 13 or something like that, I ended up downloading Instagram. And similar to Samaya, I had all of these rules, like, like, so, so many rules, okay? Yeah. And um, that's not, like, the worst thing. Honestly, I was like, I don't really care. Like, they can do whatever they want. You know, I had all these rules. And I got a phone when I was 12 um, as a means of communication. Um... And then, like, even back then, like, my mom and dad were, like, extremely strict on me about, like, listening to music or anything that wasn't, like, Nasheed's. They, like, my mom used to read the lyrics of, like, everything. And, like, I'm not going to go too much into that because, like, you know, there's, like, a whole debate on that. But, like, th my parents were extremely strict with me. And so I didn't get Snapchat until I was about, how old was I, 14 or 15? It was, like, the like either my when I turned 14 or 15. I cannot remember. I remember when you got it. Like, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re I remember oh, being I was there when you got it. I was 15 because, like, my Snapchat memories only go up to three years, so I'm, like, 18. So, yeah, I was okay. 15 at the time. I got Snapchat, and Samaya was there. Yes, yes, she was. Um, <laughs> and, like I said, I really thought that these things would make me feel more included in all of these and, and, and fix all my problems like Samaya was describing. And as I got older, I started to realize how addictive social media can become. I wasn't ever, like, a doomsday scroller. Like, I never scrolled beyond belief. Like, of course, I can turn off my phone and be fine. Um, but there would be times where I would notice, like, if I was out with, like, say, I don't know, cousins or just people around your age and they're just, like, stuck to their phones and, like, yeah. just, like, showing each other memes across the table and stuff. And it used to get on my nerves a lot. It used to really, really infuriate me. I was just like, why, are, like, why can't we just, like, converse and, like, do other things? Like, what other things can we possibly do, you know? Um, like, someone go read a book, for God's sake. I think I was a nerd, but besides the point. <laughs> she was. I really, it's okay, I think though. I still am, but it's okay. <laughs> Regardless, so when I realized, like, just by observing other people and how, not addicted they were to social media, but how much people relied on it, I, like, there was a point where I deleted my social media for the longest time, like, the longest time. And I only recently re-downloaded it. And it was just as a means of just, like, it was during COVID. It was a means of, like, connecting with, like, my friends again, like, Samaya and all of them. Um, Samaya. That... <laughs> Not us seeing each other every day, even I during know. COVID. And you're like, I had to get Instagram to talk to her. <laughs> we said things, like, back and forth. But, so, anyway. So, that was kind of, like, my journey with it. And, honestly, I agree 100% with Samaya. Um, you, the longer you wait, the better. And if you've made the conscious decision by the time you're, like, 15, 16, 17, whatever, however old you are, and you've decided, like, yeah, I just really, like, I just don't want it. Honestly, I, like, like, round of applause, because, like, there were kids in, like, high school, like, in my, like, my, my classes, like, who literally went all of high school without social media. And I'm, like, yeah. that is amazing. Like, honestly, yeah. just keep it that way. And, like, I still, like, remember their names. Like, I'm, like, that is honestly so impressive. Like, you didn't, you didn't succumb to that, because reality is, Social media does nothing good. It opens a whole nother world, a whole nother world of, of 
like dangers of like things that you could possibly be looking at that you shouldn't be looking at things that just pop up on your feed because like this algorithm is crazy um and all of these things that you have to be even more wary of like as muslims right it's already hard enough to like i don't want to say exist in this day and age but it can be really difficult to stay on your dean when you know there are so many things that have just become normalized in the society that we live in and that is with your face-to-face -face interactions that's what the things that you see when you're walking around your school campus you know that's the things that you you hear people say as you're walking through the mall like it's already hard enough to stay on your dean when already a lot of your your interactions is is this um is this like fight against your nefs almost you know what i mean like you know this constant strive to just you know tame that and then when you have social media in addition to that i mean you'll see like people liking like random pictures of like i don't i'm not trying to say anything i'm not trying to judge anybody whatsoever but like you know you might be liking pictures of things that just aren't so great like you know girls in bikinis or whatever like awesome why is that even there you know what i mean like like so when you when you open the realm of social media there are so many other things you have to be conscious of like you're if it's just you in, in your room right and you're swiping swiping scrolling and you see this one thing like are you going to get stuck on that or are you going to make the conscious decision to to keep scrolling the reality is when you've opened the gateway to social media yes there are islamic reminders yes there's knowledge that you can gain and all of these things but the reality is you've brought those those dangers that you're trying so hard to avoid in your real life right into your very own room and that's a problem and i don't think people realize that everyone starts off with i'm just getting it because everyone else has it it's this peer pressure want to be like everybody else culture and i understand that like i'm saying that's where my whole origin of getting social media came from was just to be like everybody else and i think that sounds so absurd now that i'm saying it because yeah, i see the person that i've yeah. become but like when i was it's an experience 12, 13, that we've all had for sure i'm telling you i knew nothing about anybody asking yeah. who selena gomez was who's that like yeah, i had yeah. no idea and even to now like i'm starting to realize because of all the rules my parents had on me i'm still pretty oblivious to absolutely anything Ask me about a music artist. I have no idea. Like, I was talking yeah. to somebody yesterday, like, like, and she was like, she said Bruno Mars. I think she said Bruno Mars. And she was like, started talking about this song. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. But like, I've seen him before. But like, okay. So like, yeah. even till now, like, social media did not fix that problem of me knowing about pop culture. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, you have to recognize, A, it's not solving your problems. And B, it's just bringing the dangers that are lurking around in the world right into where you're supposed to be the safest and it's hindering your your abilities as a person and i think i mentioned this to samaya before we even started recording and this is really what i want to emphasize people now and this is something that i see a lot like i see with the interactions of people that i have had to work with with group projects or just in general yanni people get their knowledge from social media from like the 90 second tiktoks and the and you know like a post that you might see that has like two three sentences on it 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 really like i think that really infuriates me a lot because then people don't know how to like read an article or like listen to or like you know newspapers don't exist anymore you know all of these things or do people actually go to books and actually read the books like especially when it comes to more knowledge-based stuff this even applies to islamic stuff by the way you cannot and i i'm going to emphasize on this you cannot get all of your islamic knowledge from social media a you don't know that it's credible and b you are hindering your ability to actually go and read something and make your own conclusions and put things together and all of these you know all of these 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 abilities that we really really need when you rely solely on so social media when it comes to your knowledge base of things other than school 
like you end up becoming lazy almost with it. You're like, oh, the 90 second and, and naive. Oh, that 90 second video talking about X, Y, and Z said that, you know, this happens when this happens. And it could be completely false information. And you're just, you're just believing it because, oh, it just showed up on my feet. You know what I mean? Like, what's the true source of that? And so I think as Muslims too, knowledge is light, knowledge is power, and knowledge is key. And if you rely solely on social media to get your knowledge, that's a problem, you know? So I think that's something else that I really want to emphasize if you want to go more into that. So I do want to touch on that, but I, I kind of want to go into some of the things that you said before that first. Um, you were talking a little bit about how you wanted to get social media at first so that you could feel like you fit in more you um, could just like know more of what was going on. That was a big reason why I got social media too, just to feel more included. But I think that the really interesting thing is that a lot of the time you'll find that even when you're on social media, you're not included. Um, And instead you can start to feel very left out and like with a sense of FOMO, like people posting the pictures that they, that they um, went out with someone and you're like, oh, why wasn't I invited? Or like, I don't know, just like things like that where it's actually not really benefiting you in the sense of knowing or being in the loop about things um and that can be another cause of like bringing your self-esteem down or feeling like unworthy or wondering like why can't my um posts get as many likes as this person's posts did or whatever you know it's it's a very it really when you get into it it can really suck you into that hole and it can be a very difficult place to um come out of also um, you were talking about um, like music and stuff like that. And I think that with social media, it's interesting because I, and I, I don't want to give parenting advice because I'm not a parent and I don't know how it is to raise a child at all, especially in this day and age. But with a lot of the experiences I've had, I feel like sometimes you have to let the kid experience things on their own and then make a decision on their own to either leave it or to continue on that path. And to me, even saying that, like, that sounds scary. Like, I don't know if I'd want to do that to my own kid. But that's kind of what happened with me. Like, yeah, my parents opened the door and they allowed me to do certain things with rules. Um, And I did them. And, like, again, like, being on social media, I thought it was going to be, like, this amazing thing, whatever. And it's really not. And I realized that. And, like, I still have my social media I'm, I, you know, I still have, I can't say that I don't, but it's not something where I constantly feel the need to like be posting things or like I'm looking for people's validation or I'm like, it's just, I don't really care that much anymore. Like I really don't, I don't care. Um, and I've considered deleting my social media actually a few times. Um, haven't done it, but I'm considering it. Um, and I don't think I will just because now we're trying to be more active on our Nurein account and stuff. But, um, I think it's a very similar thing with music and I know we're, we, you know, we don't, we don't really want to go into this like whole debate, but like for me and even for us, see, like we, we both used to listen to music a lot and now we don't. And it's just kind of like, sometimes you kind of have to go through those experiences and then realize like, you know what, actually this is not something I should be doing, or this is not something... I should really care about, or this is not something that's really benefiting me in any way. The problem with social media, it's again, like I said, it's not that it's all bad or it's all good or anything like that. It's just pointless. Like it is a waste of time. Even if you're not looking at anything bad, right? Even if you're not looking at anything bad, it's still a waste of your time. Like sometimes I'll think about this and I'm like, I'm like genuinely the, 
the past like 10 minutes that I just spent scrolling on my phone, like I really could have spent that 10 minutes doing something else, you know? And like, again, sometimes, yes, it's okay to do some mindless stuff. Like that's, that's fine. But at the same time, it's like how, how, I guess how many minutes equals that's fine before it gets out of hand, before it gets like, okay, at the end of the year, I just wasted like X amount of time. Or, and this is kind of unrelated, but like when Spotify Wrapped comes out, and again, this is back when I was like listening to music, I'm like, how did I spend that many minutes this year listening to, to music? Like that is so insane. So we don't realize like it all adds up. We all, it, like it all just adds up and, and you're wasting so much time. If you look at all the time, every single day that you spend on social media at the end of the 365 days, that's like, that's gonna be like a month worth of being on social media or maybe more, you know what I mean? So I think that's that's the thing is that you have to realize like there are much better things that you could be doing. And someone may argue, you know, we could be sharing Islamic reminders, we can be doing like all this stuff and that's great. And that's, I think, a channel where social media really does benefit people. You know, we see a lot of people on social media now who are sharing great things and they, they're doing um, great things for great causes. And I've learned a lot, I think, from watching certain things on social media, or I love looking at little Quran reflections that these certain accounts will like write on social media. I love doing that kind of stuff. But again, at the end of the day, the knowledge that you gain from social media, even if it's good, even if it's Islamic, even if you're following all these amazing accounts and these shuyukh and stuff, I think, yeah, great, you should do that. But it's not knowledge that you like would not be able to find otherwise. Like if you weren't on social media, it's not like you could never find that knowledge, you know? You can still, even if you are you don't have social media, you can still open your Quran and reflect on it. You know, if you don't have social media, you can still listen to lectures on YouTube or Spotify, whatever. If you don't have social media, you can still pick up books like Asil was saying and read them. And you, you'll get even more knowledge than you would from scrolling for five hours on social media at a time. You know what I mean? So I think it's I think it's interesting to kind of see that that distinction. Um, and just before I forget, also, the it's, it's definitely hard when you're... Um, looking at things like, again, you can't control what pops up on your social media all the time. And I know for me, like a few months ago, I went through my social media and I unfollowed so many people. These aren't even celebrities. I honestly never really followed celebrities at all. These are people I knew from school. I unfollowed so many people, boys and girls, because at the, at like during the summer, I was getting so frustrated. All these girls I was following, girls I used to go to school with, all they were posting is pictures in their bikinis. Like that is all they were posting. And I was like, I'm so sick and tired of opening my feed and seeing another bikini picture. And these are like 17, 18 year old girls. Why are you like literally their bikinis? Like they might as well not even be there. They honestly might as well not even be there. And I was like, I feel, even though I'm a woman and I'm looking at this other woman on my screen because she posted a picture of whatever, her at the beach or what whatnot. I feel like it's hot on for me to look at that. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I could look at that. So, like, for a guy, you have to kind of, you have to kind of think about that. Like, I unfollowed so many girls because I was like, I just cannot stand opening my feet and the first thing I see is some boobs. Like, I can't <laughs> do this. So, so, yeah, I think it's very important to kind of be aware of, of the fact that even for a girl, because I think this topic is talked about a lot with guys. It's like, guys, mm-hmm. lower your gaze, even on social media, lower your gaze, don't look at people's pictures, don't, don't do like other it. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's something even for girls to consider for sure. 
Um, and then when it comes to the whole knowledge piece, mm-hmm. um, I, again, like I said, there is a lot of good that can come out of social media, but it can't be your only source of knowledge. It really can't. I have to say that when it comes to news, I'm not someone who like watches the news. I don't really read news yeah, articles. So especially with what's been happening recently in Palestine and Sudan, all this stuff, my main source of news is social media. And like, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I've learned so much about what's happening. I've learned a lot about just like certain things like that from social media that I honestly would not have known otherwise, right? Like if I did not have social media, I would probably not have known a single thing about what's happening in Palestine. I would have heard about it, but I wouldn't have realized the severity because now I'm seeing pictures of dead bodies and pictures of dead babies and I'm seeing the destruction. So in a way, and in that way, I think it can be very beneficial for people to actually see the truth of what's going on and to get news because there are credible news sources on Instagram uh, or whatever, TikTok, whatever. But if it's your only source of information, I think that that is very problematic. Right? I'll even see certain Islamic things as I'm scrolling through Instagram sometimes, and I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, I'll hear something, and I'm like, I have no idea where they got that from. Like, and now I have to go look, because I don't think that that's true. You know? So you do have to be careful. But I think as a source of news, news and knowledge, I think, are two different yes. things. Right? Because as a source of news, okay, news can be spread. Yes, false information can be spread. Yes, false news can be spread. But again, there are credible sources on Instagram that you can, and incredible people who are literally on the ground, like we see Matez and Bisan and all of them, they're literally on the ground. As a source of news, I think that, that, that it's fine to get a lot of your news from social media because honestly, the majority of us, that's what we're doing. We're not reading news articles. We're not, we're not watching the news channels. But as a source of knowledge, especially Islamic knowledge, you can definitely benefit way more and gain more knowledge outside of social media than through social media, even though you might learn a thing or two every once in a while scrolling, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I'll touch on that before I forget. And then I have another point from what you said earlier. Um, But also with that, and I think that's a really good distinction, is that news and knowledge are not the same thing. News are first-hand accounts of what's going on in the world. And the reality is, unfortunately, especially with what we're seeing with Palestine, Sudan, Congo, all of these places, news sources are not covering the coverage. They're not, they're not doing coverage correctly. It's very, very biased, and it's, it's messed up. Um, and that is really the only main pro. But you also have to realize that your algorithm is tailored to you, yes. which means that, right, if you're not, I don't want to say if you're not actively seeking these things, but if you're not active, actively engaging with these news sources or these these posts that are, you know, showing the truth of what's happening in Palestine and stuff, you're not going to see it. And mm-hmm. instead, you're going to see everything else that that social media has to offer. Even even me, right? I, I follow Mu'taz, Bisan, all of them, like, right? But recently with what the algorithm has been doing is as soon as i started engaging with other things now i act i have to go and i have to actually actively search up these accounts to keep myself informed as to what's going on on the ground so i think that because like honestly i'm going to tell you right at this panel at the beginning of october we went to a um a camp a family camp and i was like we were outdoors for like two whole days or something like that and it was it was amazing and I was like thinking to myself, I'm, I'm very much an outdoorsy kind of person. I love to observe the nature, feel the nature, all of these things. And so I was literally like, I am going to delete my social media when I get back home. Like, I'm just going to do it. We 
while we were at the camp, everything with Philistine happened. Everything. And that is the only thing that is keeping me on this app and on, on specifically Instagram is is the reality that if I don't stay on it, I'm not going to see what's happening. I'm going to become desensitized. I'm not going to realize the gravity of the situation, right? So it's just kind of crazy how like I was literally going to delete it when I got home and the camp was like October 7th and October 8th or whatever and I was like, I feel like I have to stay on yeah. it to keep, to keep myself updated and continue to inform others. Um... So that, that's one thing, is that if you do have social media and, you know, you've, you're noticing you're not seeing these things anymore, unfortunately, that's the way the algorithm works. So combat that, you know, since you're already on the app, you might as well. Um, another thing, too, is, okay, this is kind of, this is something I recommend every, everyone watch. It's called The Social Dilemma. And mm-hmm. I watched it, and it was a huge game changer in the way I see social media and I really think that it changes everyone's perspectives it realizes what it does you realize the way it tracks you I mean the algorithm sometimes knows you better than you know yourself which is kind of weird like the way that the 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 technology behind social media is fascinating but scary and that's what that that um social dilemma I think it's on Netflix I don't know if you can find it anywhere else but that's what it shows you and it really will change your perspective as a social media user you're not going to want to use it as much you might want to delete it you might you might be like I'm actually going to just like take it off maybe like like limit it to 10 minutes a day 20 minutes a day max you know and then for somebody that's not on social media you're like well thank god I never got sucked into that in the first place because it's really scary so I highly recommend that um you guys check that out if you haven't already and if you have like I might rewatch it actually the more that we're talking another thing too is um and I kind of alluded to this earlier about being mindful Muslims and stuff and the sins and when I was talking about the sins it's not only the things that you see but it's the way you behave on social media as well and what I mean by that is like Samaya was saying social media tends to come off where people are comparing themselves a lot and all of these things I want you to think about, like, for example, how hard you try to make yourself look super good for a picture. And, like, obviously, take a picture, take a couple selfies with your friends, that's fine. But I'm talking about the people that will pose against cars that are not their car, you know, that will get all dressed up and, you know, you're hijabi, like, what are you, what are you doing? Or the vice versa. I mean, men also have their aura that needs to be covered and all of these things. And then you post it. Okay, would you do that type of showing off and arrogance in real life as well? Like, let's think about that. Like, would you like that picture in real life as well? And like Sumaya said, that also applies to girls. It does not just, like, lowering your gaze on social media does not only apply to to men. It also applies to women, right? Like, you always see, like, those, like, I don't want to call them, like, thirst traps, but, like, you know those videos of people, like, just, like, like working out and it's like clearly not to show you the exercise it's just to show themselves off. Like, yeah. you need to keep scrolling, my man. Like, you got to keep going, you know? And so... There are just things like that. Like, I'm trying to think of another one that I was thinking of earlier, and I just, like, for the life of me, can't. Oh, another thing, too, is um, the sounds on social media. What I mean by sounds is, like, literally, like, the tracks that, like, constantly play. They get stuck in your head. Oh, my gosh. They create a loop. I worked at an elementary school for, like, a couple months, and these kids will all be singing these TikTok sounds, and everybody knows them. That's... That's kind of scary. And I'm not saying it as a mean, like a way of like, oh my God, like they're brainwashing us. But what I am saying is like at the same time, you're filling your mind with things that are absolutely 
pointless. Useless. Useless. There is yeah. no point in knowing those sounds. Why don't you make that effort to go memorize some Quran? Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. I mean it like people end up filling their, their minds with these things. And whatever you fill your mind with, you fill your heart with too. My mom always says that the music that you choose or the things that you choose to listen to is what your, your, your heart ends up becoming like, you know? And she was telling me that as a way to be wary of like music and like all of these things and like foul, like obscene language and all of these things, right? But that's the reality is that you end up becoming, I don't want to say you become a pointless person, but like at the same time, like you're listening to these things that are pointless. That means that those things, you're, you're giving meaning to those things because they're taking up space in your mind and you're, you're filling up space where in your mind that could be filled with Quran, that could be filled with Islamic reminders, that could be filled with even, even good information about a really interesting topic to you, you know, good knowledge, not all of this like pointless sounds oh and another thing too i'm sorry i'm like just gonna keep going on this this whole i mean it's just it's a conversation that we really need to have and then people wonder why they can't do well in school and you're like well what's your head filled with (laughs) but yeah you know you're totally right though because um like these tiktok dances as soon as one goes viral (laughs) everyone has to jump onto it I don't, I've never done a TikTok dance. I, people have tried to drag me into their TikToks. And like, that is something, I'm not a peer pressure kind of gal. Like, I know I got social media to fit in, but it wasn't out of peer pressure. It was out of loneliness. Okay, guys. But I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean the reality is I wanted to fit in and that's where that stems from. But it wasn't like someone saying, you should get Instagram. You should do this. You should do that. It was a conscious decision that I made thinking it would solve problems that I just didn't, right? But the reality is when it comes to these TikToks, TikTok dances, TikTok videos, um, that use or the reels and just like all of the trendy viral stuff, everyone wants you in on it. No, you should join the TikTok. No, come on, you just do the dance like this. And I'm like, what are you even doing with your body right now? Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. You like, walk why? into the bathroom. Oh my gosh. And then they're yeah. just, th- like, I'm trying to... <laughs> no, literally, so why, bad. why are people going viral for TikTok dances. And it makes like that's yeah. something else you have to ask yourself. Like, we have become such a like oh my gosh, I don't even know what the word is, but as a people, we are just so focused on like very surface level things that if someone can do a TikTok dance well, they're all of a sudden famous and they have they literally have amassed a following and now they're millionaires and now everyone like they're celebrities because they went viral for some TikTok dances. And I'm like, what? I know. And then you see people who are, like, trying to actually do good with their social media. They don't even get nearly the same attention. Mm-hmm. Like, not nearly the same. Um, sorry, I could no, you off. you want to keep... Because I do have some things to say, but I if have, you want to like, go, go, I can't ahead. even remember it anymore, but, like, just to bounce <laughs> off that really, really fast to finish that thought. She is totally right. I remember when TikTok first became a thing, and, like, people were... People, that was the only time where people tried to pressure me into getting it, and I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't need another yeah. app. But... I remember when I saw this particular person, like, go viral, and I was like, who is that? Like, what on earth? And then I found out, I don't even want to even say names or whatever, and I was like, seriously? There are people who work their entire lives and won't make a fraction of that. Yeah. And that honestly infuriates me. I hate it, and it makes me very, 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 very frustrated when I see people who are trying to do good with their lives and are trying to benefit the world and are putting so much effort, but because that doesn't help the big corporations and all of these things, uh, however else the world and algorithm works, I don't even know, they will never, well, most of them, unfortunately, will not see the level of success that that one 15-year-old 
did because she put on some makeup and some really like basically no clothes at all and then just did a 30 second dance which was poorly executed by the way like have you ever seen like actual dancing like like you know Debka and all of these things like come on and then you get millions for that like that's crazy yeah so I think yeah yeah yeah, you, you were talking about the TikTok sounds or, like, the sounds even for reels or whatnot. This is something I was thinking about the other day. Um, as someone who's, like, again, like I said, don't listen to music anymore, when you're constantly, like, scrolling on social media, even if you're not constantly scrolling, even if you just happen to see a reel or two or whatever, those those songs do get stuck in... I don't even, I don't even know these songs, but I know the part of the reel, like, where the song is, like, used over and over and over again. Like, I don't even know the song. I've never heard the song. But because I've heard this 15-second clip of the song in, in the background of every single person's reel, I'm like, I now know part of the song that I've never even listened to. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's 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 so crazy. But then, and, and this is, it just goes to show, like, why music is not really, you know, you're not supposed to listen to it in the first place. Then it begins to, like, really, like, it's just, like, playing on a loop in your head. You come to pray, and all of a sudden you have this, like, sound in your head, and you're like, I don't even know this song. Like, what is this? Yeah. So, it's, it, that's something that, that is very real. It's a very real thing where it's, like, when a, when a sound goes popular and everyone's using it, even if you don't know the song, even if you've never heard the song, even if you don't know who sings the song, whatever... All of a sudden now, like, you know that 15, 20 seconds of the song and it plays on a loop in your head. So it's, it is a big problem, I think. And if anything shows you, like, how quickly, and maybe we should do an episode about, like, music and stuff. I, I think we've, um... We, we say it enough, but yeah, it's time we have a formal... We might, we might really need to do that, but it's, it just goes oh, again to show list. you how, like, um, how quick those things can, can get in your head and take the place of something that could be beneficial, you know? Like, how often do you hear someone say, um, oh, I, I, like, have been listening to Qur'an so much that now I know a certain part of the surah. No one ever really says that because people are so focused on the music and on the sounds and on knowing the sounds and all these things that things get pushed out, right? And the thing is, and I kind of made this up on the spot, so hopefully it makes sense, but I don't want to say your brain has a limited capacity, of knowledge and of information, okay? Because I haven't studied the brain enough to be able to make that claim. But from personal experience, I truly think that when you're filling your brain with beneficial things, there isn't really a capacity. And I don't, again, I don't know if that's scientifically true, but what I do know is from experience, you have people, scholars even, who know things so well because they're not filling their brains with useless stuff. They're not scrolling on social media. They didn't even have social media. They literally learned. They sat down. They they read books. They asked people. They had conversations with people. You have people that are hafad, but they also know hadith very well. But they also excel in school. But they how? Because their brain is actually filled with beneficial knowledge. So I think when you're filling your brain with beneficial knowledge and information, there isn't really a capacity. Are you going to forget things? Yes, of course, we all do. But when you're filling your brain to the point where you're just like an airhead, like that's literally what you're like, there is a, a limit. There is kind of a capacity. It's just like, okay, you're just, it's all useless. Like, what is this actually doing for you? Um, so that's that's one thing I wanted to, to mention just about the, the music and the sounds. Um, you were talking about the behavior, like how you're supposed to behave yourself as a Muslim on social media. And when you said that, I automatically thought of something that bothers me so much that I see on social media all the time. 
And I'm not even talking about lower your gaze. I'm not even talking about what do you like, what do you not like, what your algorithm looks like. I'm talking about the way that Muslims, a lot of Muslims on social media, and I don't want to generalize and I'm not trying to put anyone down, but we do need to make a drastic change in the way that Muslims speak to other Muslims on social media. Yes. Okay. Why is it that when someone tries to post an Islamic reminder or something, you look at the comments of that post and Muslims, Muslim people are like, Astaghfirullah, you're going to hell. Astaghfirullah, you're not wearing the hijab, so now everything that you just said is like, Astaghfirullah. Mm-hmm. Or like, the, the, the judgment, the absolute judgment. And I'm like, how in the world, like, do you realize, okay, maybe that sister doesn't wear hijab. Maybe she doesn't. Okay, we all know that, you know, we're supposed to wear hijab as women. But you sitting here telling her she's going to hell for not wearing her hijab, like, honestly, you're kind of worse than she is. Mm-hmm. You know? Or I don't want to say worse, but both of you think, have things that you need to work on. Like, you're not perfect. Yeah. Just because... Just because you wear the hijab, just because I wear the hijab does not give me the right to go to someone who doesn't wear the hijab and be like, I'm better than you. And actually you're sinning every time you step outside the house and you're going to hell because you don't wear your hijab. Like what kind of a, what kind of a Muslim does that make me? Mm-hmm. A horrible one, honestly, a horrible one. In the Quran, Allah tells the Prophet in Surah Ali Imran, I don't know what the ayah is, but he, he tells him that if you had been hard and, and, and cold hearted, if you had been harsh they would have literally fleed from around you. But it was because of your character and it it was because of how merciful and kind you were even to those that were mean to you or even to those that were doing wrong that they came to you. That was the reason. That was one of the main reasons why the Prophet Muhammad was able to make a change in the world. It was not because he went around saying, Astaghfirullah, you're going to hell. Astaghfirullah, no. He didn't do that. He taught people. He taught people, but he did it in a way that actually made people want to come towards him, not in a way that pushed them away. So when we're talking about Muslim behavior on social media, honestly, even if you think something, you don't have to type it. You don't have to type it. You don't have to send in that comment. You don't have to send in that DM. And you have to recognize that let people do good. Let people do good. And even if you see people doing things that aren't good as Muslims, okay, even if they're doing things that they're not supposed to be doing or they're promoting things they're not supposed to be promoting, if you want to say something, first of all, there is a way to to do that privately. And second of all, there is a way for you to do it nicely. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come from a judgmental perspective acting like you're a god or that you're the god that's going to decide who's going where. You don't have to do that. If you wanted to advise, you can say, you know, thank you so much for giving this reminder. That was very kind of you. It was an, it was a reminder that I needed to hear as well. But maybe you can work on X, Y, and Z. Whatever. Sometimes your opinions do not need to be shared. Most of the time, your opinions do not need to be shared. You have the right to hold your own opinion. But especially when you're on social media and especially when things spark such large debates, I'm not saying don't correct people, but I'm saying correct people in a nice way, in a way that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, would have done it. He would not have done how you're doing it. You think you're doing the ummah and the religion good? You're not. You're pushing people away. And I think that you have to recognize that too. Like the way that we act with each other and towards each other on social media it's so important because I hate it so much when I go and look at the comments of a post and they're all negative and this person is just trying to do something good. Maybe their, their aura is showing. Maybe, whatever, I don't care. But like, 
why are we getting on these people so much? Are you perfect? Are you perfect? Because you're not. None of us are. And so I think it's so important for us to just like recognize that that is one of our main issues when it comes to behaving on social media as well. It's not always about lower your gaze and don't like this. Those are important aspects, but sometimes it's it's about like, how do you speak to the people? What are your manners? Mm-hmm. What are your manners like? Because you could be praying, fasting, reading Quran, but if that that all of that is of absolutely zero use to you if the way that you then go and speak to people is very arrogant, very boastful, very judgmental, very harsh. That's not how the Muslim is. Mm-hmm. No, I love that a lot. And you said a couple of things. First, you're talking about using the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as an example. And I think we tend, we tend to forget and that we're supposed to do that. And there's actually a book that I just recently started reading. So I'm not going to quote anything from it quite yet because I haven't gotten that far into it. But it's called With the Heart in Mind. And it's about the moral and emotional intelligence of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم. It's by... Uh, Mikael Smith, I think, and it's it's absolutely amazing. But something fascinating that he said at the beginning was that, um, like, at the conclusion of this book, you'll come to realize that the Prophet Muhammad, so I said, is probably the most um, what was the word intelligent. most intelligent creature? I mean, most intelligent person, not creature. <laughs> Gosh, most intelligent person emotionally, and and then that prophethood itself is all about intelligence, all about your level of intelligence, right? So with that, we have to be intelligent in our interactions with other people, right? There was a class that I was taking in, um, it was called interpersonal communication. And so it literally was a class designed to teach you how to, um, it was, it's a class that's basically talking about communication that happens between two people, right? And if, and a guideline that happens at the end of every single class, regardless of the type of communication with that, there was a guideline that said, Recognize that your audience on so, on technology, didn't say social media, but on technology, is a lot bigger than you perceive it to be. Even if that email is only sent between you and one other person, guess what? That email can be forwarded. Okay, you texted someone, guess what? That can be screenshotted. All of these things. The same happens when somebody is talking about these comments. Do you realize how bad you are making, not you, but like, obviously, hopefully none of you guys do that. But if you do, okay, think about it. But people in general, whenever they make these comments, putting down other Muslims for just simply being humans who make mistakes, you do realize that there are non-Muslims who also stumble upon these accounts. Yes. There are non-Muslims who are seeing these comments. Do you do da'wah like that in public? Because guess what? You're counteracting any form of goodness that a Muslim might have showed a non-Muslim by showing that you're going against your own kind, by showing you're going against your own people. How, how disgusting is that? It makes me so upset. It makes me sometimes like, I don't even want to open up the comments when it comes to a Muslim post because I don't know what I'm going to see. You know, you might be right. But there is a correct way to say things. There is a correct way to say your message. And sometimes, guess what? Not saying something is better than saying something at all. You don't realize that silence is power, especially when it comes to social media, especially when it comes to online and it comes to other people, regardless if they're, they're, they're showing sins or all of these things. Um... Sometimes you just need to be quiet. You need to control yourself. You need to have that self-control so that way, you know, you you don't you don't you don't you don't deter people from the dean. You know, someone might be really interested looking into Islam. It makes me so so upset. I've seen see, recently we've seen all these converts that are coming to to or reverts or whatever coming to Islam through what's going on in Palestine, right? Then you see like someone that does not exactly fit what um 
the Muslim beliefs, coming in and is interested in Islam and is learning about Islam. And then you see the comments absolutely degrading this person, regardless if it's a repost or not. Absolutely, it's so toxic. This person is learning about Islam. Maybe they'll change their ways. You never know. You know, they might be a part of a community that is just completely not correct in any any islamic uh light whatsoever but they're trying they're learning they might be actually might actually one day change their ways but you commenting those those hideous disgusting things that you could say to somebody you're just turning that person away you know i think that's something we often forget is that there's no capacity when it comes to the amount of people that can go to jannah <clears throat> There's no capacity that can come to the people that enter even Jannah al-Firdaus al-A'la. So why don't you want everyone to come with you? As many people as you can possibly guide it, you want to be guided. I would want the whole world to be guided. As long as yeah. I get there, I want everyone to come with me, right. as many people as possible. And if that man or person or whomever might identify a certain way right now, but is learning about the deen and is one step closer to maybe getting into Jannah and maybe changing their life around... Why wouldn't you encourage that like, person? Like, don't you want to be a means for them? Exactly. You know? That's something that we tend to forget. We think that us commenting, oh, Allah, one piece of your hair is showing, or, you know, whatever. Uh, You're a horrible Muslim. Sister, like, what you are you be, saying? Yeah. Your pronunciation is off. I don't know what else you could possibly say to somebody. Oh, you think you're ever going to become Muslim? I mean, they said that to who? Umar ibn Khattab. They said that his donkey would become Muslim before he did. Yeah. They, 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 that back then, subhanAllah, and look who he became. Yeah. How amazing is that? That's, that's, that's proof right there that anyone can turn around. He was a very arrogant man, very prideful, very boastful. But the one that ended up having, he became Muslim. Even the shaitan was scared to come whenever he saw it. was scared to be near him. I love Honestly, Omar. I love Omar. I really I, do. I, I, I look up to him. He's one of my favorite sahaba, okay? But seriously, he was able to become Muslim. So why don't you think any of these people can? can't become muslim you know i think that's something we have to realize it's not exclusive it's not oh only me and my family are going to agenda no it's none of that or me and my ideology or me and my culture whomever and if they're not doing it right then they're not coming and i'm just going to put them down even more no you might be thinking you're do, doing someone a favor you're not i'll give an example a, perf- a personal example the only time i ever really post was on nudane and so we kind of revamped our nudane so if you haven't seen it you should go look but besides the point um, we had like one YouTube video that went out and it was like just me talking for a couple of seconds giving a reflection or something And it was just one comment. It was just one comment about someone talking about uh, a It was like poorly broken English talking something along the lines of like a stuff for your hair is showing I zoomed in on that photo on that video I looked everywhere I could not find a single strand of hair and if I did that was my mistake Obviously that was not my intention, but why are you putting me down? That made me so upset and, like obviously it's just a silly silly thing Yeah, you know, but like why are you why are you why do you care it's not your life you know and also clearly it's not like i have all my hair showing from the back it wasn't intentional even if it was right but that's such a silly thing as someone who alhamdulillah alhamdulillah i'm on a pretty good spot with my dean and i hope to continue to grow that made me a little bit upset imagine someone who is just starting or who is just trying to turn their life around or who is someone who's saying maybe i maybe i should look at the quran again maybe i should try to go to the masjid again. I know people, and this comes to real life too, I know people who who hate masjid because of one bad experience they had there. And okay, sure, they shouldn't completely turn away from masjid or turn away from Islam, but the same thing happens online when you do these stupid, stupid comments. Like, please, think about what you're saying before you say it. That's the golden rule, okay? I mean, it's not actually the golden rule. It's one of the golden rules, okay? So, 
that's something we also have to think about whenever it goes online. And and like Sumaya said, I really like encourage you to look into the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. See the type of man he was. He is our role model. He's there for a reason. Look, you'll you'll fall in love with him. Like really, really, you will. You're like I cannot wait to meet this man on the day of judgment, or and in Jannah, inshallah. Right? You want him to be an intercessor for you. You want him to be somebody that can claim you are part of my ummah. You know, but if we if half of our interactions are online and half and of those interactions that are online, we never act like good Muslimin, like good people in the way we would do elsewhere. Like we really have to think about that because that also becomes part of your identity. You know, the persona that you put online is a persona that you also become in real life. Right. But if you're going to be two faced and make it seem like you pray and make it seem like you, you do all of these things. Uh, online and then in, you know in person come in you don't you don't you don't do your your prayers you don't do any of these things um that 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 shows the type of person you really really are you know so if you are on social media limit it and just try try to um limit it and 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 just and if and try to spread goodness that's what it's all about use it and try to have a purpose with it right I mean, Samaya mentioned earlier about how, you know, you can be scrolling forever and like, wow, I could have been doing something else for those 10 minutes, right? I often sometimes, and it's so, it's so bad, but like sometimes like, you know, you'll be sitting and you just finished solo and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to check something. And then mm. you get stuck into social media. Yeah. And then you, you forget that that time after solo is when du'ats are, that's part of the times when du'ats are accepted. You just missed a vital moment or you stay up until, I don't do this. I like to sleep. I try to sleep early. So we all like sleep, but we try, you know, um, but she does. anyway. <laughs> I try, I try. Some of us I do too. Some of us (laughs) We're kind of grandmas over here. We kind of are because sometimes you wake up in the night and you can't go back to sleep. So what are you going to do? Instead of scrolling on your social media, you you wake up and you pray to Hajj. You take advantage of that time. You realize you woke up in those last couple hours. Make dua. You know, if you really, really, really can't sleep and you just khalas, yani, read a book or do something else with your time. You know, there are so many medical things that also come with social media. Like, imagine about the blue light that you get from your eyes just by staring at it for hours and hours a day. But also, like, seriously, I want you to think about it. Like, this changed my perspective, and I've been talking for a really long time, and I do apologize. But, like, one time I was sitting in my bed, and I was just, like, just scrolling for a couple minutes. And then I realized it started to rain outside. I don't know how long it was raining, but I love to hear it rain. I love mm. to just to listen to it rain. You know, when I'm inside my house, and not getting soaked. I love to hear the rain. And... I looked out my window and I had like these trees outside my, my bedroom and I was like, wow, this whole time I could have just been sitting there. Wa-. Like I, I tend to reflect on nature a lot. And I was like, I could have been spending this time watching the rainfall, seeing all of these things that I've never, you know, seen, I haven't seen before, seeing this barakah fall from the sky and all of these beautiful signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what was I doing with my time? I was sitting there scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And guess what? I probably didn't remember a single one of the videos that I saw. How scary is that? You can be scrolling for 10 minutes and then someone asks you, how long have you been, um, okay, what did you just watch? You won't even remember. It's absolutely mindless. It's pointless. And I, I'm the type that says try to ascribe meaning to, to everything, right? Try, right? But social media is one of those things where it's a very, very, very fine line, you know? So it's just better that you limit it or you stay away from it completely because really, really, it's a... It's, I don't want to call it a fitna because that's not my place to say that whatsoever. But really, it's a, it's, a, it's a danger and we have to be aware of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I just wanted to make a quick point before we close. Um, there was a hadith I was trying to remember, so I looked it up so I, I wouldn't, like, misquote it. But going back to um, what we were talking about 
when it when it comes to how we behave on social media and and all that I think it's important, and Asil kind of mentioned this too, like, even if you see people doing things on social media, they call themselves Muslims, and, they, and they're doing things that maybe you don't agree with, according to your understanding of Islam, you have to know that it's honestly none of your business. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually none of your business. People want, again, they come from a good place, they want to advise, they do it horribly sometimes, but... A lot of people, when they're doing something wrong Islamically, like, they know they're doing something wrong. And they're still doing it. So that's up to them to figure out. It really is. It's up to them to kind of be on this journey on, on their own. I'm Not on their own, but, like, you don't... They don't need the advice of people they don't even know. You yeah. know? Like, for example, if Asita was doing something, I feel like I have the right to advise her because I'm very close to her. Mm-hmm. But if she was doing something and then some random person on social media was like bashing her how is she going to respond to that not very well she doesn't even know you your approach was horrible you know it's 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 very different i think that when you're close to a person it is your right actually to advise them when they're going astray or whatnot it's your right as a friend as a family member or it's yeah it's a it's a right that you have to do that for the other person because you're close to them but when it's someone from far away like for example i know a lot of girls that come to the masjid or i see them at school or whatnot and they show their hair do you think they don't know they're showing their hair? They know that they're showing their hair. But is it my place to be like, cover your hair? Cover your hair. Let me pull Let me, let me pull your hijab for you. Let me cover your... No! Yeah. It's not my place to do that. It's none of my business. If an opportunity arises where I can advise the person, sure. But when you're just walking around and you see a girl... Again, it's just so easy to make hijab examples because they're very like... Everyone can Blatant. everyone can um, can kind of picture them, and also it's a very big thing, obviously, in our lives. But if you walk around seeing a hijab wearing, a hijabi wearing skinny jeans, like is are you if you don't know this woman, are you going to go up to her and be like, um, "You're not going to Jenna like that. Cover your butt." Like, no, it's not your place. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said so that um, verily among excellence in Islam is for a man to leave that which does not concern him. Mm-hmm. It does not concern you. These people you're seeing, even if you're seeing a woman wearing so much makeup on social media, whatever, it's not any of your business. Like, she knows what she's doing. She has her relationship with Allah. If you can advise, go for it. If someone's close to you and you have that relationship with them to, to where you know they're, gonna, they're going to be receptive to what you have to say, advise them. You absolutely should, right? And inshallah, there's so much good that can come out of that. But when you're scrolling on social media and you see things that you don't like, I see things I don't like all the time on social media. But I think that what I've been trying so hard to do is, number one, recognize that that could be you. Recognize that that could be you. How, as a Muslim, can you look down upon someone when Allah can, in a split second, put you in their position? Seriously. So many people will sit here and judge other Muslims, and then they'll be tested with the exact same thing that that they judge this other person about, that they put this person down about. That's a real thing. I've experienced it. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. So recognize that you can be in that person's position at any any point in time. You have no idea what, where your life is going to take you, right? Be thankful, number two, be thankful for where you're at. Be thankful that, alhamdulillah, you can recognize that this is not something I want to do. This is not something that I feel like aligns with my understanding of Islam, right? And number three, mind your business. Just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. And and make time for the person. Even if you don't know them, just say, you know what, Ya Rab, guide this person and guide me. Guide me with him or her, whatever. Just guide all of us, you know? So there's no reason to sit there and leave a nasty comment behind every um, every post that you see that you don't like. Um, and then 
Essie was talking about how there's no limited space in Jenna, right? Like anyone, the, the whole world could be in Jenna if Allah wanted, and, and there would still be more than enough room. But I think something else you have to think about is there's also not a limited capacity in the Hellfire. And Allah tells us in Surah Qaf, He says, Allah says he's going to ask Jahannam, are you full? And Jahannam is going to say, are there more? Are there more still coming? So I think it's really important to keep that as a reminder too, that yeah, there's not a, a limited capacity in Jannah. And we should want everyone to come with us to Jannah. And we should, the way we live out our Islam online and in person should be in a way that draws other people to us but there's also not a limited capacity in the hellfire, right? The hellfire is going to be so full that when Allah asks it, are you, are you full? It's, the hellfire is going to say, are there more? Are there more? Are there more still coming? That's very scary. You have to think about that. Um, so, yeah, this episode kind of went all over the place. It tied back to <laughs> I, th- I really hope. When somebody listens to it, she'll, she'll tell me. Maybe I'll listen to this one too. But I just had one more thing that I wanted to say before we we closed off um oh my goodness I can't even remember now that's great oh oh I remember so (laughs) Samaya and I were both talking about the beginning of this whole social media thing at the very very beginning and we we spoke about how um we were trying to fit in and feel content almost with those around us and there's there's this thing I tell myself all the time and there are different variations of it Um, But the variation that I want to use is that true contentment lies in the hearts of those who are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are in constant remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think that's so true. So think about your social media. Think about the time you spend scrolling. Is that taking away from the time that you spend with Allah? Like, seriously, are you scrolling to the point where you're about to miss Asr or, or whatever salah it may be? You know, are you are you scrolling and you were thinking about fasting the next day, but then all of a sudden you see all of these like tasty, like, I don't know, food tasting videos or whatever. And then all of a sudden you want to go and make something and you don't feel like fasting the next day. You were trying to do something good and shaitan uses that as a tactic to make you not do something good. You know, we have to realize that really, really it's, it's, it's scary the way it works. So if you really, really want to be content, fill your time with remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with, with, with reflecting and pondering on, on what he has what, what he has sent to us, you know, um, and if you're, if you're social media as a whole, whether it be Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, I don't know what else is out there, but those three main ones, if that's taking away from your time that you could be spending with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you really, really, really need to rethink, rethink the way you spend your time, and Samaya talked earlier about this, how she's not scientifically proven or anything, so we're going to keep pointing on that, but like, um, how she really does believe that when you fill your mind with, with good things, essentially, there's, there's not necessarily a capacity for that. And I really do believe that when you when you spend your time focusing on things that that are beneficial to you, things that, that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that build your relationship with Him and your with the with the Creator and the creation, there is barakah put in that space in your mind and in your heart. I mean it so seriously. Like, for example, we say this all the time and this is known, right? You spend your time reading the Qur'an, you spend your time worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, there's barakah in your time, it's almost as if the hours were stretched for you. Yes, absolutely. It really, really does feel like that. The same applies to you and your, your headspace. And I genuinely do believe that now that she said it, is that when you fill your head and you fill your mind and you fill your heart with things that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's going to be barakah put there. And therefore, while your, your physical capacity might not necessarily expand, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can will. He created the cosmos. You don't think that he can help you become a more a person, a person with a bigger capacity to learn if it's for his sake? That's all we were created. The human and the jinn were created to worship Allah, right? Part of worshiping him is to learn about him, is to fill your time with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So seriously, like think about that. You 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 feel like you're lacking, you're falling behind in school, you feel like you just can't, you study for hours and hours on end and you just can't remember anything. Okay, tell you, what are you doing in the rest of your time? Like seriously, you, you like like you, you might be you might you might be trying really hard in life. It's not that necessarily it's taking away from your performance, but like in the effort that you're putting in, right? But if you're spending half your time studying or half your time I don't know, trying to perfect a skill, but the other half of your time you're wasting it with things that are not so pleasing to Allah, you're not you're not being a mindful Muslim online, you know, and all of these things, and you're letting that consume your time, of course there's not going to be barakah in the other half of the time that you spent. I mean, it's just rational. It makes sense, right? So if you're, if you're that person who just feels like you're stuck in a rut, and sometimes the only quote-unquote satisfaction you can get is when you're on your phone scrolling and laughing at stupid, silly videos, really think about it. I just want you to start one day, right? And put your phone somewhere away from your bed. Seriously, it's the phones, guys. It's the phones. But put your phone away from your bed, right? Turn on your alarm on your phone. That way it forces you to get, get up and get out of bed. So you turn the alarm off, right? Go and make wudu. Go and pray. You know, especially if it's around Fajr time and you notice that you might have a difficult, a hard time, you know, waking up for Fajr because I think that's what happens when you're scrolling for God knows how long in the middle of the night, you know. Put your phone away, put it on a charger far away from you so that way you're not looking at it before you go to sleep. So you're not filling your mind with mindless things before you go to bed. And that way it forces you to physically get up out of your bed to turn off that alarm because nobody is going to let the alarm sit for that long, okay? Seriously. Then go ahead and make Fajr and just start your day early. Start your day away from the technology. Start your day away from the stuff. Start your day disconnected from society. Be connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I promise you the rest of the day is going to go easier. And if you feel like it's just difficult, like, man, I'm like, I'm not addicted to social media, but like, you know, whatever the case may be for you, make du'a. Samaya was talking about du'a earlier, and that's something that I did want to emphasize on. But you can make du'a for whomever you want for them to be guided. And, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the angels will say it and for you as well. You know, when you make du'a for others, angels will say it for you too. Um, but just start your day with making du'a like, Ya Allah, put barakah in my time, put barakah in my mind so that way I can do what's pleasing to you. And I promise you, you're not going to feel as tempted to open your phone and mindlessly scroll, you know. Um, so that's just something I want to put out there. And like, I think that social media also just tends to to mess up our connections with Allah, especially when it comes to our prayer. Um, and so something you can do, and this is something that I've been doing for the longest time, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it's something that I'm really thankful that I do. But before I pray, I try to have at least five minutes before I have, like right now I'm reading that book, so I have a certain amount I want to read every day. And so I'll spend, I'll try to read a couple pages before I pray. I have a certain amount I like to read before I pray. And then after I pray, I don't even look at my phone. I might check the time, but I put it away. And instead, you use that time for remembrance, for doing your dhikr, to, to pray your sunnahs, and then to maybe read some Qur'an if you have some extra time, right? Just five minutes. At five minutes, you could be scrolling. You gain so, so, so many good deeds, right? And from there, small, small and consistent changes, but it'll end up happening, and you'll realize how how drastic of a change it became. And you'll change as a person, too. You'll become less judgmental 
right? I'm, I'm serious. I'm speaking from experience, right? When you stop concerning yourself with things that are online, you won't become a judgy person. When you stop trying to fit in with everybody else, you won't look down upon people who don't fit in with the, with what society's norms or society's standards, right? You'll stop comparing yourself, most importantly, to other people on there. You're, no one has that body. That's Photoshop, girl. I'm telling you, okay? But from when a young age, when you're naive and you don't know those things, um, that can really mess with a person, okay? So really, really take that into consideration. And if you've gotten to the age where, alhamdulillah, you're doing just fine, you're a knowledge seeker, you, you're doing well in school and all of these things, you have a balanced life, and the one thing that you don't have is social media, then you've chosen that, don't even feel tempted to get good it. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. Seriously, good for you, because it's. I'm not saying it's a trap. There are good things that come out of it, but there are, there's also a lot of bad so just don't let that danger lurk into your home. It's not worth it. I think it's so interesting that, like, at least for me, I got social media because I wanted to be like everyone else and to kind of be in the loop with everyone else. And now I, like, admire the people that don't have social media. It's so different. But it I really think at the is. end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what are we chasing? Yeah. And Asin was talking about this idea of, like, true contentment only comes from, you know, when you are constantly in a state of remembrance of Allah when you have tawakkul and when you have that connection and I think that that is so true but especially when we are exposed to social media so often from such a very young age um, we begin to chase everything else everything but what we actually need to be chasing we begin to chase a certain body type a certain status of popularity we begin to chase a certain look or like whatever you begin to chase all of these things that again, are very unattainable for a lot of people because social media is fake and all these things. And then that just takes you down into a spiral of mental health issues, etc. We are chasing everything except for what we need to be chasing. We're chasing everything except for Allah. And that is, it's a, it's a thought that you have to reflect on. What are you actually chasing? Because if it's not Allah, honestly, there's no contentment anywhere else. I'm telling you because... And I think so many people can also relate to this and understand this. When you're chasing those things on social media, you're not content. You're not content at all. You make yourself even worse. You make yourself even less satisfied, right? So it's really important to know that with Allah lies the true satisfaction. And when you change your mindset, and this is something I've been trying to do recently where um, I was, we were just in Chicago for um, Mass Ikna and I went to a talk that Asid actually did not go to. Um, but one of, I did, I sent you my whole document, but yeah, but anyway, but the, one of the talks he was talking about the story that I think a lot of us have heard about a king and his like right hand man. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but this right hand man would always say, no matter what happened, always, no matter what happened, he would say, perhaps it is good. And that's something I've been trying to implement in my life a lot. Even when something doesn't go my way or when I'm not too happy about something, so when you have this mindset, you are a lot more satisfied. You're able to have a lot more of a content outlook on life. Um, and again, just really ask yourself this question of what are you chasing? No, I love that. And I have one more point. I know. Oh gosh. No, no, it's really, really short. It's like we, we always we try to end off the episodes and we just can't. I know. Oh, but we then have to you keep say talking. really good things. You say really good things. But 
you know, we were talking about how when you're on social media, you don't realize how much time has passed. And the same applies to our lives. We're going to be asked on the day of judgment, mm. how long were you there? And you'll say a day or a part of a day. Right. And that's scary to think about. But if you want to not necessarily experience that now, but you want to just feel how scary that is, even if it's just a fraction of it, scroll for 10 minutes. And then you'll realize how that 10 minutes felt like 30 seconds, how that 10 minutes felt like yeah. one minute. That That's what our reality of the day of judgment is going to be like for our entire lives, not just 10 minutes, if you don't do it where you're remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where you're, you're being committed and where you're wasting your time. So, sorry, I totally messed up your ending, but if you want no. to do a dot, you can. No, it's good. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have think one that, like, you know, we should all, all of us, ask Allah to keep us away from that which harms us and to protect us um, <clears throat> and to always put us on a path of goodness, always put us in the position where we are benefiting from the things that we are doing and seeing and hearing and um, that other people are also benefiting from us and we ask Allah to put a lot of again barakah in our time um, and to allow for us yes we are going to say that this this life felt like a day or part of a day but to look back and be like you know what I did a lot Mm-hmm. Even though it feels like it was only a little bit, I did a lot of things and I'm proud of the work that I put forth for tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening and inshallah you will hear from us next week.